Korak Thong Earthlets. My name is Conrad, and this is the 116th episode of Space Spinner 2000, <laughs> podcast where we try to make sense of the UK's own galaxy's greatest comic, one month of progs at a time. This week we're taking a break from our usual weekly progs to cover the Judge Dredd Annual 1985. As always, yeah, annuals are dated for the year after they come out. This is the fifth Dread Annual. Once again, we have Carlos Escara drawing three new full-color Dread stories, as well as some classic Dread features, and... Although the uh, traditional Max Normal story has now been replaced by the divine Judge Anderson. <laughs> the uh, the price of the annual has gone up 30 pence this year to £3.25. But the big news is my guest for this episode, uh, Peter Adamson from the uh, Beyond the Sofa and We're Eagles Dare podcasts. Oh. <laughs> Hello. Hello, Borak Thung from the other side of the world. <laughs> Borak Thung from New Zealand. Yeah, hi. <laughs> hi. So before we get started, I was wondering if you could share your uh, history with 2000 AD with us. Sure. Uh, well, uh, actually, where Eagles Dare, where we're recording at the moment, we've actually hit almost the spot where I've given up Eagle Magazine, uh, which is a little <laughs> bit of a mini controversy with uh, with Dave and I, uh, my co-host. Um, I started pretty much reading 2018 towards the end of 1983. Um, I'm still trying to work out which issue it was, but I have very fond and firm memories of the, the Beltane Giant cover by Mick McMahon. Oh, yes. For Slain. Um, and I remember taking that on a, on a Scout Jamboree uh, trip I was on <laughs> and reading it on a train over 24 hours. It was fantastic. Um, that's pretty much me from 2018. So uh, from then on, pretty much reading ahead uh, through to the early 90s. Um, and then uh, a, a hiatus, and then probably a joyous two years of scrambling to get um, everything that I'd missed um, <laughs> since then, and, and, uh, and that was that was big. That was things like Necropolis and mm-hmm. uh, uh, the tail end of Oz, and uh, yeah, there were quite a few gaps to to fill, and a lot of fun. Yes. Yeah. yeah, definitely ama- amazing stuff. Stuff I'm really looking forward to in the coming years of 2000 AD. <laughs> Sorry, spoilers. <laughs> oh, you know, it's all right. Um, <laughs> You know, it's a, you can only do so many spoilers for things that happened over like 35 years ago, I guess. Um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> so we're reading this Judge Dredd annual here. Did you ever read any of the annuals um, when you were growing up, when they were coming no. out originally, I guess? No. Um, in, in New Zealand, I'm from a pretty small town um, called Omaru, um, which uh, you know, we were lucky to get 2000 AD, really. Population was about 13,000 at the time. Um, <laughs> wow. So I saw one. Um, 2080 annual in my childhood and it's actually one that i have now i think possibly courtesy of dave who um has uh, has been very diligent in sort of finding them in secondhand shops it's the 1981 so we've got uh tharg and dread on the cover oh yes and a lot of emphasis still on dan Deer, like he's a big thing <laughs> yeah, absolutely i remember that one well um cool yeah. so so you so you're so you have two podcasts, you and Dave. Uh, what gave you the ideas for both uh, Beyond the Sofa and Where Eagles Dare? So Beyond the Sofa sort of spun off uh, an earlier podcast that Dave and I had occasionally um, uh, dipped into, which was called Zeus Pod. Uh, for a while, it was Zeus Plug. And, and it was, uh, sorry, it's, that again. It's called Zeus Plug. Uh, for a while, it was called Zeus Pod. And it sort of was a, an offshoot of a fanzine that we did back in the, uh, the mid 2000s for local Doctor Who fandom. Um, mm-hmm. So Jono, the host of uh, Zeus Plug, is, is pretty much running that show by himself. Um, Dave and I uh, thought we'd, we'd give it a, a, 
uh, a go ourselves just to sort of see what it would be like to have sort of two middle-aged um, grumpy dads <laughs> talking about the series <laughs> as it slips away from relevance in our lives. Uh, and uh, to that end, when, when things sort of got a little bit thin towards uh, the end of last year, we were sort of uh, looking around for podcasts to listen to. And I think, look, Conrad, I'm going to I'm going to claim this. I found Space Spinner 2000. <laughs> hey, all right. <laughs> And I said to Dave, you've got to listen to this. this these guys are excellent. And uh, I'm sorry, we've been ripping you off ever since. <laughs> oh, you know, I think there's room enough for all kinds of uh, British com- comic recap shows and recap shows in general. You agreed. Know. Absolutely agreed. No, it's fantastic. Where you lead, we follow. But uh, it's uh, it's just so great to be part of this sort of community. Awesome. Yeah, I I love uh, where Eagles Dare, especially. Um, I've you know I, I I listen every episode. I try to comment on your guys's um, Facebook page and stuff. <laughs> um, you know, it's thank you. Yeah, all these comics are such a new world for me. So it's really interesting hearing your guys's perspective. You know the. What I love about Where Eagles Dare and what I think it's, um, makes it different from, from Space Spinner, from, from mm. my show is just that, you know, you guys read at least some of these comics when they were coming out. And so you, and you have a much better awareness of like, I don't know, like, like what it's like to be on the ground with these, <laughs> with these comics <laughs> as they come out, you know, um, like the, the, the thing that is, is really great is when you guys sort of talk about like, especially what's going on in the background of things, um, in, yeah. in the real world, I suppose that, Fox and I have a little bit less of a handle on because like, I don't think we've got younger. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we, I don't think we, you know, we're still like a year or two away from, uh, from Fox being born, I think. And like, oh, God. <laughs> you know, when I came out, I was like, yeah, I, I was born in 1980. So this is all like, you know, like four year old or three year old Conrad mostly. <laughs> so holy cow. <laughs> it's much less. So it's a much different thing. Plus I feel like just, you know, Obviously, New Zealand and, and England is different, but I, there, you know, mm. you guys have a, have a, a, a bit more of a touchstone for that, for the pop culture stuff than I think we do, just because it's very, some of it can be very foreign for, for us as Americans, I guess. It is, it's a, it's a funny thing, and it's something that I've sort of come to in my own, uh, other writing. Um, I've, I've got a blog as well where, uh, possibly even up to the early 80s, New Zealand sort of did still regard uh, Great Britain as the mother country, a- mm. and we we inherited and carried a lot of sort of these colonial attitudes. The eighties are an interesting time for New Zealand because a lot of that becomes detached, and New Zealand finds its own identity. But uh, certainly for things like two thousand AD and Eagle, um, most of the readers I knew were probably expat Brits or the mm. children of expats, so they carried that association, and I, I sort of had to build it up. Mm-hmm. Much like sort of reading, if you ever read the NME or the Melody Maker, the British music papers, it mm-hmm. was the same sort of thing. You had to adopt a sort of post-colonial context. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it gets heavy. I don't know. <laughs> like, it does. It does. <laughs> I think it's an, I think it's an interesting thing to, to sort of talk about or to, or to, or to think about with these comics, you know, um, so much of the, f- <laughs> so, so much of the fun for Space Spinner has been Fox and me trying to figure out how England works. Sort yeah. of. <laughs> <laughs> across time and space so i i appreciate you guys bringing it with a little bit more insider knowledge than, than we have for sure it's it's been fun to listen to believe me oh thank <laughs> you kind of <laughs> thank you that that's super yeah um it's it's a it, it's super it's it's a huge honor for people who have, who 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 read this stuff when they were growing up to, f- to feel like we're doing a good job about it but yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> so let's let's get to this annual, I guess, just to give you some oh. context. Uh, the episode before this in eleven five, uh, we just finished Prague three seventy three. So um, Johnny Alpha and so Johnny Alpha Wolf and Middenface have just stolen a ship to get off world in the Outlaw Strong Team Dog story. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah Ju- Judge Decker just earned her black helmet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rogue is attacking a North Summit with some Souther officers in the message from Millicom story. But, you know, it's starting to go bad now. And otherwise, we're kind of in a holding pattern, I guess. Like, all the progs have two or three future shocks, and each of them we're all sort of battening down the hatches for, like, three ish- three progs from now when, like, Halo Jones shows up and other things like that. Oh, it's, it's such good times. It's it's really, you know, we're in the we're in the high country for 2018 right now. <laughs> Just like, oh, like okay, well, I guess we'll, you know, that classic thrill ended. Let's go to this other classic thrill or something. But um, it's it's good. So yeah. Um, so let's, so this annual starts. We got a we got a double Ascara dread on the cover. We got an action shot and up close. And then on the inside, we've got Nascara Dread just taking down a perp um, mm. f- for spray painting the walls and stuff with the with the table of contents. <laughs> Very um, generous, of, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, just some good good Ascara action stuff, absolutely. Um, and with that, I am going to hand it over to you because there's no one I trust more to handle <laughs> recapping comic book stories from early British comics than this one with uh, Through One the Big Bang Theory. Yeah, okay, so what have I got? At 11.42 hours, a small nuclear device explodes, and Diego Garcia block is blown to kingdom come. It's really the entire block just split in half with the requisite mushroom cloud appearing at the top. Beautiful painted artwork here by Iskera. Uh, Justice Department, Department don't need to work too hard to find the culprit, as Dredd, already at the disaster scene, is called to Morgan Fairchild block. That's where the flamingos come from, I think. Uh, yeah, 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 the, yeah, the, the Morgan Fairchild Flamingos. We just had those recently, or yeah, on, on, on the show. I should say also just, you know, all these color dread stories are all, uh, they're all done by, uh, Alan, or it's listed as Alan Grant, but I think it's John Wagner and Alan Grant, sometimes using the Alan Grant alias, Artifact Colors of Scare, Letting Robot, Tom Frame, and so of forth. Of course. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, uh, back at Morgan Fairchild, uh, the bomber. Sam Poster has a full attention of Chief Judge Magruder. Uh, Poster claims he was he had three other devices hidden around the city and a list of ridiculous and, if I may say, rather slapdash list of demands. Uh, he also has a dead man switch in the form of a manual coded signal that he has to post every hour to keep the devices dormant. But just when you think this story is getting pretty straightforward, a hover bike swoops into Justice Central and its rider is an aggrieved family member of someone at Garcia. And, oh, no! Poster's been shot dead. <laughs> I love this. I, I I love how how greasy Poster looks with his like mustache and like like balding long hair and stuff like that. Like he's he's such a slickster, and then he gets just taken down. <laughs> he reminds me of uh, I've got a note here. He reminds me of um, uh, mid nineties Butch Vig. You know the producer who did uh, Nevermind and uh, Special oh, yes. Siamese Dream. He's got the sort of pencil mustache and mm-hmm. back here. He reminds me a little bit of uh, of um, like like a, a caricature of American comics impresario Stan Lee. But I, I don't oh know if God. I'm just if I'm just attaching that <laughs> because of the mustache or something. <laughs> Fair call. Uh, Iskara does sleaze really nicely. It's true. It's true. <laughs> 
so Dread and the whole department have 55 minutes to find the three devices or half a million mega cities will, citizens will die. So action stations. Uh, Poster's apartment is searched and his mother is interrogated in the first four minutes of the hour. <laughs> <laughs> then Magruder appeals to the citizens to find the remaining devices. By 1229, one is found by a sniffer droid at the Jack Elam Halt, uh, which is uh, like a, a tube terminus, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had to find out who Jack Elam was. He's a star of westerns, such as High Noon, Once Upon a Time in the West, Rawhide, and uh, The Cannibal Run. <laughs> yeah, he's got like, oh, uh, he, he, he's got really distinctive <laughs> eyes. That's my remembering of, of, of Jack Elam from different uh, yeah. western things. <laughs> yeah, fantastic eyebrows as well. <laughs> yeah. 11 minutes later, I hope you're keeping up. 11 All minutes right. later. Getting the down to the wire. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it was found in a water tank in the top of the Odd Bods uh, Club, which uh, Poster had been kicked out of. Um, <laughs> three minutes pass, and the device is uh, diffused. Ten minutes to go, somehow. Um, but Dread cracks the puzzle. Poster knew he'd be a dead man once the third bomb was found, so the third device must be in Morgan Fairchild. Block. Sure enough, a sniffer finds it, and uh, bomb disposal expert Scobie is set to the task. Uh, I love how... Um, uh, this is the, almost the last page. You mm-hmm. finally see a frontal shot of the sniffer droid, and it's uh, his draws it essentially yeah, it's as a, a floating t- nose. Giant nose bot. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, and uh, so, uh, t- sorry. So we've got the, the bomb disposal guy looking at the bomb. Oh, he's yeah. sweating. There's minutes to go. we got to evacuate the building. <laughs> Or Scoby. In an incredible 10 minutes, the block is evacuated. That never happens in real life. <laughs> and uh, in the remaining re- re- minutes, uh, Dredd evacuates too to see Morgan Fairchild destroyed. Scoby ran out of time and just had uh, moments to radio in his failure and to be saluted. Uh, but the citizens are saved, presumably. Uh, but Dredd broods, never mind Dredd, we can't win them all. Maybe not, but I like to win the big ones. Uh, this is a great story. I love that it's j- j- just this downer that the guy that uh, Scobie doesn't succeed and stuff. I think yeah. that's a really interesting way to tell the story and stuff. You know, it's 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 always a good time to destroy a chunk of Mega City One. Like that's never not the right choice. No, 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 no. It's a, it's a cool callback to uh, you know to Apocalypse War. You have these uh, judges just throwing themselves into into fire. Absolutely. Or, Launching the stub guns, knowing that they're, they're goners, and it's it's fatalist, but it's very cool. Yeah, I like it a lot. And yeah. speaking of uh, heroic judges, we go to uh-huh. Thrill Two, Data File Decker, Destruction of a Megalopolis, and Top Thrills, nineteen seventy seven and nineteen eighty four. <laughs> um, so this is just you know as always in these um, in these annuals we got a couple filler pages and stuff like that. Uh, the first one's a data file of Judge Decker who we just saw do her thing in uh, in 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 the Prague's negotiate. You know she was a, a rookie under Dred's evaluation. She went through a whole bunch of things and eventually earned her black helmet and stuff. She's the best. She's a lot of fun. I think you know it's one of these things where um, I don't think we'll see her again until like the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> it's one no. of these like like fleeting you know uh, 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 judge characters that just sort of show up and then get called back sometime in the future you know and um, almost exclusively drawn by um, Kim Raymond which is uh, yeah which is yeah yeah Kim Raymond just starting on uh, on on Judge Red at this point too 
Um, so after that, we've got a feature on the Apocalypse War in Mega City 1, including the, uh, the massive rebuild and redistricting of Mega City 1, which we did in our, pro- in our 110th episode. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I really like the, uh, there's a, there's a map of like the remains of Mega City 1 on, on the Eastern seaboard of, mm-hmm. of, of the United States. Um, it, it, to, to me, it's funny just knowing like American geography because it ha- it, it has, um, it has like the central district is sort of in the middle of rural Pennsylvania, I guess. So, like it's oh. all like, like, like mountains and parks out there and as opposed to like, where, or, and like Amish people, I guess, as yeah. opposed to what <laughs> you think, exactly what you think of as like the center of this uh, bustling metropolis or megalopolis, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah, and it's, and it's more just sort of a, oh, this is the most central part of um of the country we're covering, as opposed to like actual, you know. I mean, I don't know. It's fair dues because I certainly couldn't draw a map like this of of a similar map of England with a good central section. So, I, you know, it's, it's hard to complain too much, I guess. <laughs> Our central section is wet, so oh, yes, <laughs> it's straight between the two islands. So. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, it'd be like a big dome or something. I have to figure it out. Um, yeah. After that, there's a rundown of top dread thrills through the years, which mostly serves as a grim reminder of how many years we've covered on the show so far. Oh. <laughs> You're doing the Lord's work. So yeah. many more to go, I must say. Um, but it's fun to just see the... Um, like these different art teams through the years, how the Grant, mm. the Grant Wagner combine have changed aliases as well. Like they started out as, uh, as John Howard and then they went to TV Grover and stuff. Um, I, mm. you know, I'm looking at these top thrills. I guess I agree with most of them. <laughs> like I definitely don't yeah. think the top thrill of 1979 was the forever crimes. Like I feel like Judge Cow was probably my, my 79 choice. Um, cool. Yeah, yeah. And then in '83 they have Shanty Town, and I'd more I'm more likely to say it's like Cry of the Werewolf. I think. Um, yeah, and then, or Graveyard Shift, as you say. Oh yeah, yeah, Graveyard Shift's really good too. And then um, in '84 I, I feel like I like a Dread Angel or the upcoming uh, City of the Damned storyline are both good '84 oh, yeah. stories. Although I loved City of the Damned, but. <laughs> I mean, it hasn't come out yet, so they can't do it. But Sector House Nine is also really great, for sure. It's beautiful. I think the first time I I I really noticed Brett Ewans is after he finished drawing these are just blue jeans, of course. Um, Of course, (laughs) (laughs) some great covers in there. Yeah, Uh, yeah, it's really good story. Absolutely. Yeah, it's real good. Yeah. So, okay. So let's move. So speaking of, uh, scary ghosts, I guess it's Mm. thrill three, (laughs) Judge Anderson. <laughs> so, script robot uh, Alan Grant and John Wagner's Grant Grover, art robot Ian Gibson is Emberton, uh, letter robot Steve Potter. So, this is the second Judge Anderson comic ever. Um, we had the first one wow. in the 2080 annual last year. Um, and she's checking out a guy in the Psycho Cubes. He's killed his father and sisters, and his mother is missing. So, Anderson is questioning him to like find out her location, basically. No. Mm-hmm. She, Anderson enters his mind and he, and, and, and talks to him and he blames it all on Spug, his brother, his secret crazy brother that lives in his mind. (laughs) (laughs) The perfect alibi. Yeah. It was was my split personality or something. Um, (laughs) Anderson calls for Spug, the guy's split personality. Um, he comes forward and Anderson beats the crap out of him. (laughs) And gets the location of his missing mother, who's walled up deep in their building's uh, recycling plant. 
Um, and there's just great psychic artwork here, as you see, like, sort of Anderson flying around his mind, like, you know, different versions of him, like, popping out of holes in, like, the, in the scenery and stuff. It's really great. It's really fluid, which I, I, yeah, I love. That's absolutely. A, yeah. um, so they pull the mother out, but she's been walled up in the, in the Walder Recycling Center for too long, and she's gone mad as well. So <laughs> now both Edward Bottlebum and his mother are, have, uh, have, have neighboring cubes in Psycho Block 4. <laughs> Catch you, you old witch. <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. Just a good. I love these Anderson. Or both. So far, both of these Anderson stories have involved her, like, uh, engaging some sort of, um, of a, either a ghost or, yeah, like a split personality in a different reality and then punching the crap out of them. <laughs> Sort of getting the answers and stuff. It's real great. Just just two fisted psych, uh, psychic stuff from Anderson here. <laughs> Gotta love a happy ending. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Happy enough, yeah. I suppose. <laughs> no, <not really. laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of of uh, terrifying madness, I guess it's a uh, thrill four. <laughs> quick draw of the law. Compu and tarot scan. Dred's got it covered. <laughs> Oh man, so, so so much racing, so much tracing, so many ripoffs. I mean, yeah, listen, <laughs> but 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 now it's tracing and ripoffs of non two thousand AD sources. Like I don't even know what's happening, you know. <laughs> well, you know, um, Judge Dan. I was actually going to ask if 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 you know uh, what's going on with with. So sorry, this is the this is a fan art page of all different uh, dread fan arts and stuff. So I was going to see if 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 you knew you knew what's up with Judge Dan. He's desperate for fair. <laughs> Yeah, sure. So Judge Dan, who's desperate for fair by Sarah Bailey of uh, Scotland. Whoa, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, um, fair. <laughs> uh, based on Desperate Dan, which I think was in... Uh, yeah, so I, oh, I, I can't remember the, the magazine. I may have to quickly Google who. Uh, desperate Dan is an old uh, UK um, comic strip character. Actually, um, if you ever want to sort of see what happened to some of these uh, characters... Um, uh, Conrad, I do oh, yeah. recommend um, Albion. Have you ever heard of Albion? I think I've heard. I I I believe it's been recommended to me before. Just yeah, for more uh, 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 classic British stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, it's fantastic. Um, Leah Moore's uh, um, uh, comic strip, sort of covering a lot of these very early comic characters. So Desperate Dan was from the Dandy, and was the okay. mascot of the Dandy. Ah, yeah. nice. Um, yeah, it's good. Now, as, anybody else I can help with? <laughs> no, no. I, I feel like I know a lot of these rest, a lot of the rest of these ones. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, there's like some, you know, there's a, um, there's a keep on judging one, which is a R crumb, of course. Um, there's a, there's, there's Judge, Judge Eddie from uh, Iron Maiden. <laughs> I love that beautiful, beautiful work by, yeah. uh, by Mark Hessler. Nice one. I'd, yeah. I'd have that as a, as a poster. Oh, you know, it's for the, uh, the long awaited, um, what, Iron Maiden Anthrax, uh, team up, right? And then it's taken from the cover of Killers, uh, the, the second Maiden mm-hmm. cover. Sorry, I'm a bit of a fan. <laughs> no, hey, absolutely, it's great. Yeah, and then there's uh, there's there's Judge Quinch, Strike, yeah. and uh, <laughs> and uh, warnings about fireworks from Judge Fox. So it's good times. <laughs> <laughs> and the obligatory thrill sucker there as well. Yeah, yeah. What a day, early creep! As the thrill sucker <laughs> tries to suck the law. No. <laughs> 
After that, yeah, I mean, you got to think that it would be that thrilling. Oh, I don't know. I'm sure there's like a lot of the mega city law books of all law books must be the most thrilling because they're just so, so ridiculous in their future dystopia, you know? Absolutely. Well, we're going to see some really interesting ones coming up, aren't we? Indeed. Uh, so next up is the uh, Compu and Terra scan, which is a crossword puzzle taking the shape of Judge Dredd's face, which is pretty excellent. Mm. <laughs> just a lot of uh it's like a it's like a pixel version of it too so it's very like um you know cutting edge 1980s technology to make this um, crossword puzzle you could get your mum to turn that into a knitting pattern and have the best jersey ever Ooh, i think we actually saw that in this year's sci-fi special there is in fact a kid with an awesome uh judge dread sweater that is the envy <laughs> that must be the envy of all of his classmates just a giant judge dread face on oh, it oh, <laughs> um, before he was judy judy beaten up behind the bike shed. yeah i mean you know <laughs> <laughs> you win some, you lose some, I guess. <laughs> um, but next up, it's Dreads God's Covered, which is nine uh, Judge Dread covers. Um, they say that, like, these are ones that attracted new readers, which I think is kind of interesting. Um, it sort of runs the gamut. It's a lot of Brian Bolland covers, actually. Um, and these ones are always a bummer just because they are um they're they're all black and white and so you don't get the full majesty that they'd have um when you get you know seeing them for real you know yeah yeah it is a shame seeing them reduced so much because it's a beautiful McMahon in there yeah um, yeah so many yeah there's there's the McMahon one where 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 dreads on the throne that's an amazing one um i like the the Ascara one with the uh, with the vigilante and of course ron smith's uh, league of fatties cover is one of my favorite 2018 covers of all time <laughs> <laughs> and city sausage yeah so you got the city sausage yeah and then uh bottom of yeah, it's good, you know, you gotta run, you gotta run, the, it's, it's what pulls people in, you know, I don't know. Something here for everybody. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and spe- um, oh, I don't know. And, and speaking of, uh, strange new people or something, I don't know, um. Nice, man. Yeah, doom, I'm, you know, it's not, they aren't always perfect. It's, a uh, 305, Judge Dredd. And this is classic Judge Dredd, uh, Script robot John Wagner, art robot Ian Gibson, and, and, and Mick McMahon letting robot Tony Jacob. This is a prog 36 and 37 action. Uh, Holy cow. Just way back. I, I remember these, uh, I remember these ones as being, yeah, just more examples of, um, yeah, just this early dread stuff that's so good. Um, and in here, it's, it, it, it's interesting because I believe this is the era before there actually were credit cards. So, it's kind of interesting to see John Wagner use his real name in this one, just because he's always so pseudonymed elsewhere. But um, yeah, man, there's these, there's these troggies, and they're from the Undercity, and they're snatching people off the streets of Mega City One and taking them below ground. Dreads on the case. <laughs> Sometimes you just gotta, you know, it's just that simple, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Daylighting is what through. Absolutely. Oh yes, in the yeah, Die Hard in a tunnel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, he uses an infrared light on his lawmaster to track footprints and he goes deep in the underground until he's ambushed by these troggies he's hit by an electro whip and captured and things get even worse when they realize that these are a bunch of hepcat beatnik troggies oh no prove it it, daddy-o oh that's the ultimate cliffhanger (laughs) 
<laughs> um, and so th- their yeah, plan, yeah, freaky, yeah. freaky outlet. It's it's terrible, man. Every they somehow found a bunch of like um, cool clothes and stuff, and now they're just destroying Mega City One, basically. Um, Bad fish. Yeah. yeah, they've they've got a plan to. They're going to set up a bomb and destroy Mega City One. They're going to force the they force the normals, including Dreg, to set up the explosives and then prepare to blow up the city. Um, captured and in chains, Dread does the classic thing, which is pick a fight with one of the other prisoners. And in the chaos, he manages to grab a laser drill and freeze himself. Contacts Justice Central to run a train through the Undercity. He hops aboard and turns on all the train's lights, blinding the trogs. Nice. Or the, yeah, he, the, he grabs the detonator from the head troggy just before it drops because all these guys have dead man switches. That's a <laughs> sub theme of this annual. <laughs> yep. <laughs> The uh, and the bomb is cl- is uh, is prevented, and a cleanup crew of judges arrives to clean things up. These troggies are beaten, but a judge can never rest while they're around. <laughs> <laughs> Point taken. <laughs> you gotta be careful for these troggies, man. They'll come at you from when, when you least expect it, like uh, spiders in the first flesh story. You know, you think you're safe, and then it comes out of yeah. the basement. It's bad times. <laughs> bad times for spiders. Yeah. yeah. And and speaking of bad times, let's go to uh, Thrill Six: Tales of the Cursed Earth, Bob Devils Two. <laughs> uh, script robot Chris yeah. Lauder is Jack Adrian. Art robot Eric Bradbury. And this is the sequel to last year's tech story, and it remains a tech story, and I hate it forever. <laughs> Just <laughs> these. I mean, you know, I, I I feel like I say this every annual or every 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 time we, we read an annual, we're like, yeah. you know, I recognize that me just saying like that I hate words is like it makes me sound like like a dumb American or something. But like, oh, I hate these words so much. It it doesn't give you a lot of chances because it's pretty much starts in media ray uh, because it's immediately follows from the first story, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It's yeah, it's it's interesting because like I was surprised. When um, when we were doing last year's annual, and, and uh, Eamon from Legacy Book Club told me that this was going to be a, have a sequel next mm. year, I was like, "Well, that's that's weird," and and it, it remains weird, I guess. But uh, yep, yeah. Because <laughs> I got to the end of this one thinking, "What is there a third part? There, there isn't a third part." I feel like just... I, I I I haven't checked. I'm willing to be uh, su- surprised in 1985. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah, Maybe. exactly. <laughs> um, so the so last time there was a dude and a lady named Christy with like two Y's and they jumped through a time portal apparently to 300 years in the past but instead it just seemed like they just got warped to another part of this base they were in which is this like um arctic base in the cursed earth that it was like a a testing facility before like the bombs fell and stuff mm-hmm. um you know, I don't know. They dodge security systems. <laughs> they meet a guy who's caring for the long dead inhabitants of the base that are now all skeletons and stuff. It turns out he's a robot, so he's been uh, crightening these guys for years and years. It's over at Logan's Run. Ooh, yes, that's true. Yeah, like the uh, yeah the the second half of Logan's Run where they meet that other um, robot. Um, yeah. I think it was as as Crichton from Red Dwarf as well, where he's like taking care of the of, oh, these, totally. of yeah. these three scientists and they're just like literal skeletons and stuff. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so Christy turns out to be a mutant with the powers of uh, Medusa from the Inhumans of Marvel Comics, which me- means that she's the rare non-Johnny Alpha um, 2000 AD mutant that actually has useful powers as opposed to just being ugly, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, yeah, she's got uh, sentient, deadly hair and all that. But uh, they escape from the robot, and they go back into the time portal, maybe to another place, maybe to another time. Uh, presumably, we'll see in next year's annual, I guess. <laughs> maybe, yeah. Yeah, it seems very much like the setup for – it's almost like a pitch for for, a, for an ongoing series. Yeah, it's got um, kind of a – yeah, it's kind of like a like a quantum leap kind of feel where there's kind of constantly yeah. g- going into this portal and arriving in some new situation, I guess. And never getting home. Yeah. yeah. Do you yeah. like the artwork? I do like Eric Bradbury's artwork in this, like the both like the hair um, choking the robot guy. S&B is pretty cool. And then like S&B's like a Terminator kind of melted face at the end is also really neat, I think. Yes, very Adi Gruber. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, what do you think? What's your findings on this uh, tech story? Oh, geez. <laughs> <clears throat> I, I, I didn't love it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but it has an end. Um, yeah. And uh, in, in terms of the artwork, yeah, nice GBH here um, by, uh, by Christy with two Ys. <laughs> and and uh, the artwork is strange because I didn't immediately – Pin it to, to Bradbury. I, I thought I thought was this, is this Mick Austin, um, hmm. who goes on to do you know some stuff in the nineties. Yeah, it's uh, some really heavy work with the androids. It looks like um, Steve Dillon, um, hmm. and even a bit of Jesus Redondo. So yeah, it's <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah, it's, it's your Bradbury. Bradbury's got an interesting style. I guess you know he's sort of he's mostly the uh, like a. Uh, what is that? Oh, oh, Mean Arena and a Tharg the Mighty guy. So it's interesting mm. to see him like sort of spread his wings a little bit for sure. We're looking forward to seeing him in Eagle because uh, he'll be doing some Doom Lord um, oh, in nice. strip form. And, and uh, when Eagle um, devours Scream, which is a horror magazine, we get some really nice um, bribery stuff there with the Dracula files. So nice. that's, that's keeping us going. <laughs> oh, man. Well, speaking of uh, terrifying monsters, I guess, again, yeah. it's uh, Thrill 7 Tarantula. Uh, script robot John Wagner, Alan Grant is TV Grover, art robot Carlos Escara, letter robot Tom Frame, and I'll hand this one over to you. Script yep. robot John Wagner and Alan Grant is TV Grover, art robot Carlos Escara, letting robot Tom Frame, and then I'll hand it over to you. Fantastic. Yeah, so deep in the earth, uh, the earth, Dread is visiting a bison factory farm. Uh, so bisons <laughs> are like a, a cross between a buffalo and a, a cattle beast. Very big, very mm. meaty. They get turned <laughs> into protein slabs. Um, uh, and so the farm is under attack from giant mammoth sites. Tarantulas, as the manager of the farm says, this is bad tarantula country. <laughs> Channeling some sort of um, Hunter S. Thompson. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, spiders are the mutants, of course, and regularly prey on the bisons. Their venom can kill a full-grown bull in twelve seconds, and once done, they'll drag the carcass to their hole in the ground to be gorged upon at leisure. <laughs> nice. <laughs> the pots the farm, farm workers ride are cooked with uh, freaking lasers uh, which are used by uh, the the shafts of hair on the tarantulas so they really only sting them for a short while <laughs> but the spiders don't uh, reckon on dreads lawmaster weaponry by right. cannon <laughs> <laughs> you gotta say what the gun is when you Back shoot it yeah <laughs> of course it's all it's voice controlled don't it? yes <laughs> so the mutant spiders are a real nuisance uh, they have to be killed outright or otherwise they regenerate and come back to the farm um uh, so there's only one thing for it, a spider cull. All right. Uh, back at the plant, where the bisons are processed into concentrated protein slabs, a mutie scout by the name of Abe Feinfeller is a prisoner. He's from the Bigfoot mutie tribe, uh, and he is uh, accused of killing the farm's top hunter, Rock Peterson. Abe swears by a story of an even bigger tarantula, maybe 40 man high, 
which killed Peterson. The manager says it's all bull, but Dred's birdie says otherwise. So he's got the lie detector out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dred orders Abe released as the scout joins him when they head out to where he says the, the monster is, which is Red Mountain. At the mountain, they reach a pool where, the, where Abe says they were attacked and finds the desiccated remains of Peterson. And behind Dred, a rock seems to move. It's the fang stabbing spider. <laughs> it's a streetwise fan. <laughs> if we don't get out of the way of this mutant, it may be some comfort to know you are now officially innocent. Right. <laughs> so that's nice for Abe. Um, yeah. As they ride, the spider knocks Dredd off his lawmaster, and this time his high X rounds do nothing. But an eye shot buys him some time for honest Abe to get Dredd from danger. Dredd says they should head back to the plant where he orders an H-wagon, but the spider's in pursuit. And, and it, as they're going there, the base personnel scatter. their truck tripping over and spilling its human cargo literally into the creature's maw. <laughs> Abe keeps uh, riding out, so Dredd knocks him off the pod and returns. Law give a firing. He picks up a discarded heavy iron track rod, jumps onto the one of the creature's legs, finds an eye, and spike. I would say that he uh, is deeper, deeper. <laughs> I'd say that he's a shadow of the Colossus his way up there. If, if you're familiar with these, with that video game, Ooh, but anyhow, yeah. <laughs> just climbing nice. up its hair and then finding its weak spot and jabbing a knife into it. Basically. Yeah. It's sort of like Odysseus and the, and the Cyclops as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. It goes straight through into his brain, which is normally, you know, where, where your nose bone goes. If you, if you meet Johnny Alpha uh, <laughs> and it kills a Titan outright. The plant is safe. The story is over. I'll say this for that lawman. They may breed him tough out there, but they breed him a damn sight tougher in Mega City 1. All right. <laughs> I love this story, man. It's, it's got a giant spider in it. That's amazing. <laughs> it's got more than one giant spider. It's That's awesome. right. Yeah. It's got so many giant spiders. Oh, my gosh. And, um, yeah, just dread climbing up that thing to jam a, 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 a pole straight through its eye is the most amazing thing. <laughs> The color really elevates too. It's it's gorgeous color. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Scare is really like you know he he takes his time to do some really amazing things in these annuals for sure, and really like takes advantage. I think of having like you know this the, the this whole color section to tell like really fun action packed stories for sure. Mm-hmm. And speaking of the uh, amazing equipment of the Mega City One judges, <laughs> it's Thrill Eight. Ah, oh, yeah. Arm Buyer's Almanac 2106. Don't get quizzical with me, creep. <laughs> um, so this is like, a, it's a black and white section. I think it's really neat because it's, it's a catalog made by black market arms dealers of stolen Justice Department, like equipment and weapons and stuff. <laughs> Yeah. Um, as a, as a, as a, as a long-term nerd, it's very, uh, nostalgic for me because it feels a lot like a, uh, like a, a source book for like, uh, the cyberpunk role-playing game, which had a lot of these, like, um, pictures of a futuristic gun and then like a, a brief slogan for it and then like, it's like uh game stats or something like that. Yeah, of course. Um, so it's, it's just got that look as we get like, you know, like the, the, like the, the entries for like the law rod and the long gun, the stuff gun the beam gun and all the crazy dread weapons and then like a uh, beam gun so cool oh <laughs> uh, you, know, you, you don't see it that much which i think you don't yeah to me kind of makes it um raises it a little bit you know like i'm so familiar with like the stub gun from the apocalypse war and stuff mm. um i think we won't i think the main time we've seen the law gun the long gun i should say was when like dread shot uh paw angel i think in the 
in the in the Judge Child story, Judge I Child. think. Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, and then yeah, and, and the then, beam gun you can sort of set to a particular distance, but it doesn't do any damage between the gun and the dis- you know. The, oh, the that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's from like the from the war um the war football game story. Ah, that's what I was trying to remember. All I could think of is you know you'd never miss out on a seat on the bus again. Oh no. Let's- <laughs> I'm just gonna blast as the people right behind there just move through. It's good times. Yeah, no one else complains. <laughs> exactly. So then we got like vehicles. There's like uh, there's a zipper bike, which is uh, the the hover bike from the Judge Dredd movie. I guess. It is. It totally is. <laughs> um, and then uh, the Justice Two and limpet pods for attacking on the Trapper Hag's ship and stuff. Um, <laughs> then um, there's a big cutaway. Um, uh picture of the new um manta prowl tank which this is now by <laughs> yeah it was just it was just introduced um on the show recent relatively recently with that yeah with that same uh, gang story and if this is just a real fun cutaway of just all the different like uh positions and stuff where people sit on it i i i never really noticed it but i i i love how it's got a little judge helmet on the top of like the oh, dear. the top dome yeah. is like shaped like the helmet a judge wears branding is everything <laughs> it's so it's such a key part of uh, mega city one certainly <laughs> and you probably don't get too many cutaways um cutaway designs in, in 2018 these days no I mean- uh, yeah it's definitely been a while since we've had one like i want to say the last one might have even been for um for the praying mantis, like the, uh, the robuster mm. ship, like, like way back when in like yeah. 180 or something like that. It, yeah. It's not something that, 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 that happens a whole ton. The, uh, the tech specs of things, but I feel like it's such a classic of like, I, I know early 2000 AD where they'd be quick to like show you a diagram of like Bill Savage's rebel base that he never even went back to, you know, but like, yep. here's, yeah. how, here's all the, here's all the rooms just in case. <laughs> Dave and I lament and. Eagle, how the, the cutaways always to real world things, but you mm. never see like Dandy's spaceship or the Firefly or yeah. anything that Doom Lord's working with. It's, it's a shame. But yeah. this is lovely. Absolutely. And uh, Ian Kennedy draws a nice manta. Oh, is that him doing th- this one? I, yeah. Sorry, Ian Kennedy, Ian Gibson. I got yeah. Ian's mixed up. Ian yeah. Gibson draws a really nice manta. Yeah, he does. I, yeah, he, he drew the first ones too, so I feel like he's like a manta specialist or something like that. <laughs> Um, then we move on to like personal equipment. There's a, I love how they bring out the, uh, the, the, the sexy models for this, like for the judge's helmet yeah. and the cling net and stuff. Um, a bit of bare shoulder there. Yeah. Maybe it's just cause it's Gibson, but the, uh, the radiation cloak looks very Halo Jones to me, I must say. Um, yes, very. Yeah. And then just a lot of, yeah, like the pollution meter and the lie detector and stuff. And then the final page is the ever popular Land Raider and Killdozer available now from Mattel. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. I have that. I have the, uh, I have the Killdozer. Um, and it's still in really good nick, although most of the missiles have, have, have long since been ah, yes. fired away into nothingness. But, um, he, he draws a lovely Killdozer there as well. That's amazing. Um, yeah. Go ahead. I love the fact that there's a holding post as well, um, which right. you can get for 750 creds. I can only imagine somebody unscrewed that. Yeah, it must <laughs> be. Yeah, it must be welded. Yeah, someone someone just cut it off the street and ran away with it. <laughs> Possibly the person <laughs> selling it. Who's to say? You know, it's like selling a fire hydrant or a parking meter on there. That's awesome. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> then after this, it's a "Don't Get Quizzical with Me," which is a series of a uh, Judge Dread trivia questions. Mm. 
I gotta say, um, my big, the big thing I didn't like about these trivia questions is that, um, when you get to the end, there's no, um, like, like grading for them. <laughs> you know, that was such a, well, a fun thing of Mega City One where it's like you get like five right and like, oh, like, you know, you're going to the ISO cubes, but you get all of them right. Like, oh, like you're the next Judge Dredd, you know? <laughs> Well, the man says, don't get quizzical, you know, so. That's true. I guess, yeah, Dredd's not so that excited about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and Olivia Newton-John reference, which you can't buy, you know, don't get quizzical. <laughs> yeah. Let's get physical. We got to get physical. Physical. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, these <laughs> 80s. Yeah. Anyhow. <laughs> But I guess, uh, speaking of these uh, shortcuts, we go to Thrill 9, The Daily Dreads. Um, script about John Wagner and Alan Grant, art about Ron Smith, language about Tom Frame. Yeah, so it's all of these uh, dreads from The Daily Star. Mm. We got mm. uh, a dozen of them this time, which is up, up from the usual six. Um, I'm really, yeah, I just love the, I'm, uh, at, at, at one point I was questionable about these stories. Now I'm all for them. I just love their, like, they've got this hyper compressed storytelling combined with, like, Ron mm. Smith's art and stuff. It's real, they're really fun. It's, it's a lesson in economy, isn't it? Absolutely. It's, yeah. It's very just like, all right, like, yeah, we're just get, you know, to be able to tell these stories in just, yeah, like two lines or two or three panels of comics is really, like, amazing, I guess. These would be great um, YouTube-based series. You could you could tell a story in thirty seconds. Um, oh yeah, hmm. and and give people a taster for what Dread's like yeah. outside of the movies. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I also like the fact that it's a sort of uh, it covers pretty much a lot of the big hits there. You've got um, a lot of recurring characters here. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of yeah. I mean, let's yeah we let's let's get to it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah first up we've got uh, a, a bunch of fatties uh we get a uh, big the uh, big large ringer who's this year's mega city fat swaying in at uh 1213 kilos or 226,674 pounds which is gigantic <laughs> I, can, I can only do metric sorry sorry yeah <laughs> well you know 1213 kilos that's fine um, yeah. he, he he suddenly overbalances rolls down the street like a boulder from Indiana Jones <laughs> he, he smashes through a wall and dread sends him sentences him to two years in an iso cube actually make it a double yeah to make it a double <laughs> I love that. I love, uh, yeah. Next up, we've got Max Normal, Hoochie Paloochie. All right. Mm. Even if we don't get a uh, get a Jose Casanova's uh, Ma- Ma- Max Normal, it's nice for him to show up at least in the Daily Dreads. Um, yeah, and, yeah. And this one's fun because like Max tells Dread that a nervous Nugent is going to rob a bank, and then he kind of goes about his day, which includes going to the Pinstripe Freaks Ball, which I need to know more about. Like I got to have this in my life somehow. Hacha, <laughs> hacha! <laughs> Just everybody dancing on their canes. Then he goes to the yeah. the Shuggy Hall and starts hustling, guys. Meanwhile, nervous Nugent <laughs> is so nervous that he doesn't go through with the bank robbery. So Dred's got to interrupt Max Normal's Shuggy game as he's like uh, making a ten thousand break with his feet <laughs> and get and take his money back because listen we only pay for uh, verified tips thank you very much <laughs> he already talked him down at the beginning max is sort of saying you know um he's going to do this bank job that's got to be worth three that's got to be worth 100 yeah. all right take 50 <laughs> then he takes that back god dang it yeah. 
next up, it looks like personalized weather machines are all the rage in Mega City 1. It's all fun and games until you get zapped by some weirdo who's walking around under a thunderstorm all day. <laughs> or some other guy just has a cyclone attached to his back at all times. Eventually, these people picking bad weather to be. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, that's a ridiculous choice. Like, yeah, okay, I can have any weather over me at all time. Um, I'm definitely having like hail and driving rain. You know, fantastic. Like, you're a normal person. So there's too much of this. So a law is passed. Now everybody has to keep their weather in their own houses, which leads to a very domestic scene where Rachel is is bothering some some kids heat wave with their basically warring personal weather all around this house <laughs> i don't think it ever recurs again in the strip <laughs> it's just bonkers but i just love the idea that you know all, always with mega city one we're just dropping these different little subcultures um mm. in and around the city and stuff so just like there's like, you know, the Simpsons and, and other things like that, just the idea that there's a bunch of people who spend all their day in like their own personal, like who have an iPod, but the iPod is for weather um, is really amazing to me. <laughs> That's an app for that. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So yeah, weather app for real. <laughs> uh, and of course, the solution is just, <laughs> yeah. And the solution is, you know, better pass a law. Okay. Yeah, fine. <laughs> Next up, it's it's the Megathon, the annual cross-city marathon, a 1,600-kilometer journey. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Oh, my gosh. And it just seems like there's there's hundreds of thousands of people involved in it, too. Um, mm. Unfortunately, there's also some crazy guy who hates the Megathon, and so he blows up a bridge, sending hundreds of people falling to their deaths. It's pretty ridiculous. You just see like them mm. fall and it's just like a massive, big mass of humanity as people behind them, like people in the front are trying to stop and people behind them are like pushing and stuff. Um, oh, it's terrifying. Dread arrest. It's a guy. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. It's a good day's drawing in there. Just in all those limbs. Oh yeah. <laughs> this is one where it's just, yeah, just Rod Smith going in there going, yeah, I got to draw all these guys. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Dread arrests them, and then he's got to roll out because he's got to deal with this 20-kilometer multi-person pile-up. Oh, God. Imagine the smell. Oh, my. Just, it's it's no good all around. No. <laughs> Next up, some citizens flag down Dread to marry them, and it's very nice until Dread recognizes that the ring is stolen. <laughs> Um, it's a beautiful ring. It says, says I love you on it. It's excellent. <laughs> Came out of a... It came from a fairground or something, yeah. Well, you know, it cost thirty four thousand credits, but he didn't say but he didn't say that he paid that for it, just that's what it cost. <laughs> um, Dread arrests them both, the groom gets five and the and the bride gets one for being complicit. And by the way, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> it's cold. I mean we the, Yeah, it's my favorite dread thing where he arrests the both uh both sides of the crime, you know. Yeah, we just had um, Dancing with the Stars here in New Zealand, and, and uh, a, a local politician was was the the requisite terrible dancer, and he's hung on um, determinedly almost to the semi-finals. And on his birthday, the judges were clearly so sick of him they gave him four points. Happy birthday! <laughs> <laughs> on live TV, it's beautiful. Oh man, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Next up, uh, Dread and another judge roll into the alien town part of Mega City One, checking papers and marking aliens for deportation. Disturbingly timely for America at this point, but whatever. Um, it, it seems they've caught them all, but the judges have missed one. An alien that looks like a fire hydrant. 
<laughs> that just yeah. dinks away, like dink, 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 dink away, at hopping in its little fire hydrant body. <laughs> I love the wee sort of alien prawn or shrimp that's in a fishbowl, and Dredge just completely up in his grill saying, Papers! <laughs> He's so tiny! Yeah. He is. <laughs> Um, next up, Dredd's taking a rookie on his first, on his first patrol. They confront a tap gang. The rookie takes them down and hits one in the face after he surrendered. Uh, but that hit is no good in Dredd's eye and the cadet goes down for assault. That's why it's rough when you're a junior judge. Like, mm-hmm. he literally arrests this guy. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, but I mean, you know, it's sort of interesting, like, point that Dredd makes about being, like, whatever, following the law absolutely. So he's got no place for people who overstep their bounds, I guess. Mm-hmm. You're as much a prisoner if the law has a judge as you are the dispenser of it. Absolutely. I mean, Dredd will send you to Titan without much discussion. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Next up, uh, the Parthenon has been disassembled and rebuilt in Mega City 1, like uh, London Bridge and Lake Havasu, I guess. But now it's mm-hmm. falling apart. The, the building inspector in- condemns it, but citizens protest its demolition. But then the noise from their protests causes the building to collapse. Of oh, course. no. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, arrest the living and get rid of this old junk. <laughs> Nothing sacred. I love how, how how this story is called. All these stories have little titles, and this one is uh, Greek Vibrations, which is pretty funny. Mm. <laughs> um, next, we get some side judges with Judge Sylvia predicting a robbery and another doing a psychic interrogation to catch the getaway driver. In Mega City 1, anything you think may be held against you. Mm. Mm. Still love the side judges. There's yeah. So many of them around this time too. Yeah, th- I mean, we, we just fi- um, we recently finished uh, yes, uh, Sector House Nine, which has a whole bunch of them, and then we're sort of counting down to yeah to uh, to City of the Damned when Anderson really comes roaring back into the comic, into the main prog as well. And yeah, it's just it, it's so it's what I love about about Mega City One and Judge Dredd that there's so many different kinds of science fiction in Judge Dredd. You know, where mm. <laughs> there's aliens and there's cyborgs, but there's also like psychics and vampires and werewolves and stuff um you know it just anything's possible you know it's the beauty of it it really is absolutely next a bunch of crazies are climbing the edmund hillary block dread arrests them by grab by hitting their their uh safety ropes with a grappling gun from a uh, fr- from a nh wagon it's pretty awesome <laughs> <laughs> what will they think of next? Answer, this guy that bungee jumps right next to Judge Dredd and then uh, goes rocketing back upwards. <laughs> <laughs> so Dave's not here, but I have to do, obviously, twin shout out here for New Zealand, um, Ed Hillary Block um, and the bungee. All right. Uh, and also a nice little quote in there. Uh, someone says, a bunch of crazies. Why do they do it? Because yeah. it's there. <laughs> Which is what Hillary said about Everest. It's you know, great. <laughs> Hey, n- and, and now you're doing two climb, Edmund Hillary, so it works out. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Next up, uh, yeah, exactly. Hey, aliens are on a sightseeing <laughs> tour in the to see the quaint ethnic nature of Judge Dredd. They uh, <laughs> they fly down to get some snaps, but both they and the tour guide are arrested and taken to the Mega City One uh, alien prison. <laughs> Where nice. the where the uh, tour guide gives a uh, an in depth tour of the prison itself, <laughs> a creepy looking aliens. Smith draws them as sort of like little yeah. owl babies. Oh yeah, they they kind of look like a, like a Skeksis from uh, Dark Crystal to me, like with the beaks oh, yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. So 
Finally, an office guy moves his desk outside to be at one with nature while working. Jason Cribbs is in. <laughs> um, soon it causes a trend because it's Mega City One and always causes a trend. Um, but apparently w- having your desk be just outside and enjoying the environment is legal under a law from two, from the distant past of 2011. Oh my gosh. <laughs> These crazy. We're all about open plan offices in 2011. Oh, I get it. <laughs> man, they really were. <laughs> That's been my experience. Um, but, um, you know, these old, these ancient bylaws, what are we going to do? Um, Dread makes the point that there's nothing, that there's no nature in Mega City One. The air is recycled. The weather's manufactured. The nearest patch of grass is 90 kilometers away. Um, but that's not, that's not working. So instead they just do the usual thing, which is crime blitz them, find the usual crimes and sentence them to two years in the cubes. And that ends the trend for everybody else as well. Um, Jason, yeah, Jason Cribs is out. out. (laughs) And inside. Yeah. 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 The only, the only desk left is his desk. And he's got this like counter thing that says that he's in or out. So it's just sort of going to be there as a, as a testament to not bucking the system. storage yeah so speaking of mega city fats it's thrill 10 fact file arnold stodgman <laughs> beautiful beast absolutely yeah just you know the the the, the greatest pig of all time um, <laughs> yeah mustachioed fatty arnold stodgman who we saw eat a literal ton of food in the requiem for a heavyweight storyline one of my favorites for sure mm. Mm. Just so fun. Okay, yeah. But speak and speaking of blasts from the past, it's uh, Thrill Eleven, Judge Dread. <laughs> Script. Yes, this one's a classic one. A script robot John Wagner, art robot Ian Gibson, and McMahon letting robot Bill Nuttall. Um, this is Prague twenty-seven and twenty-eight action. Oh man, you can really you can really see the evolution of Dread by looking at uh at a gibson's dread at the start here just ha- how tiny his chest eagle is and all his shoulder pads are his, even his knee pads are really small it's amazing you know everything's rounded yeah and the visor is literatone yeah it's rounded. yeah it's completely different color and a different shape and stuff you know looking at these ones you can really see the huge difference that dread has gone through just like over the last eight years or so um so we see also this one has starts with stealth credits because again it's like prog 27 and 28 so there weren't any actual ones so we see that like the honor roll for dreads class has a uh, judge wagner and and judge gibson the uh the writer and artist for this for, for this story very well eisner yeah exactly um <laughs> So Dredd's in the in the Academy of Law. He's met by a robot receptionist that sort of takes him through the precarious walkways of the uh, of, mm. of the Academy and stuff. We see like um, a five year old kid being entered into the Academy and a, a young judge like rolling through a, a battle zone, like uh, t- uh, taking down uh, robot um, targets and stuff. Good times. And then finally, we see the uh, the the, the half badging ceremony of uh, the future judge giant by future chief judge Griffin. Oh, it's real cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it's just neat. There's a lot of a lot of future history in these pages. But basically, you know, this is 26, so it's right at the height of uh, of of the Harlem Heroes first run too. So we've got uh, giants. 
the the main character of the Harlem Heroes, Judge Giant, his son now applying to be a judge and in his final like rookie showdown um, by or final test by Judge Dredd. It's really neat. Mm. And mm. yeah, and and as part of this idea of having like this shared world of the different um, 2080 characters and stuff. Obviously, sort of bittersweet because Giant's story is pretty much complete by the time this annual is out, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. He's um, yeah, he's already died in Block Mania and stuff. So this is very much a um, very much a, yeah, just sort of a, a a history lesson for readers, I'd say. So they yeah. T- yeah, so Giant Giant Dread go out on their first patrol. Um, they deal with a a, a Futsi call, someone who's got Future Shock, and he accidentally shoots Dread in the face. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. That's a great start. Yeah, and then um like uh mis misjudges him as well. Um I, I feel like the footy here lo- looks a little uh Tom Bakery from uh, Doctor Who to you. Uh, yeah. He's got yes. good, he's got like the curly hair and stuff. That that might be it. Like I don't know, like a, and, and the long coat, yeah. Yes, yeah, like a, a murderous Tom Baker, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> Even looks like he's got a wee sonic screwdriver in his hand. Hey, there's a theory. Hey, listen, like, oh no, Doctor Who's been trapped in the future too long. <laughs> Got trapped in Judge Dread world, and it all went bad. <laughs> it's the crossover we never knew we wanted. Ah, yeah. uh, it's it's too wibbly wobbly and timey wimey. Uh, <laughs> so, Giant has one more chance to redeem himself after the disaster of the footsie call, and that's a kidnap gang holed up in Harlem Heroes Arena. Dread sends him in alone. Using his bike, Giant gets a drop on him, but he's still got to save the uh, the kidnap victim, so he puts on the Harlem Heroes jetpack and flies out. It's real good. You know, it's just a good, it's such a cool callback to the other, com- I guess the other comic in, the sto- in, the, in this prog, but still. Um, mm-hmm. He flies up, grabs the kid, and Takes the bomb that was attached to the kid and throws it into the score tank of the, uh, of the arena. It's his, it's an airstrike, his first and last. Giant returns to find Dread threatening to kill the kidnappers, but Giant pulls the gun on Dread and passes the final test. Cause again, yeah, judges have to obey the law too. And Giant becomes a full judge to the delight of his dad, John Giant Clay. <laughs> He's had quite the day, Judge Dry. Absolutely, yeah. He's a heavy one. That's why he can't go out and party. He's got to go out on patrol. <laughs> yeah. He's had a final assessment. He saved a kid. He scored an airstrike. He shoots Dread in the face. And he, he grows a full head of hair. Just in time for his <laughs> Oh, my God. That's true. The, the, the switch from Gibson to McMahon has also grown giant, has also made giant grow hair. I got to say, of all the people that have shot Dread in the face, I feel like Giant has lived the longest, but still did yeah. die in a couple of years. <laughs> but that sort of thing just doesn't, doesn't lie. <laughs> absolutely. But I feel like this is an interesting reprint, at least partially because, um, in either last year or two years ago's annual, they had a data file on him when he died and said, like, you know, he lived up to be as famous as his father. And there was actually an, a, a letter in the progs that were saying, like, wait, but who's uh, Judge Giant's father? Is it Dread? And it's just like, what? No, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> but it was um, it was just funny. So I, I, I wonder if at least partially they're, they're reprinting this, uh, Judge Giant origin story to like, you know, let you have a, have some answers for that or something. Mm. 
Mm. Well, it's, it's better than Mutie the Pig, which is, you know, what we normally get for reprints, isn't it? Hey, you know, that gets reprinted in the Progs. Thank you very much. At the beginning of 1983, <laughs> we got we got that rerun. Just uh, more. That's why uh, you know this is old, because after Mutie the Pig, he removed Judge Gibson's name. Dread painted over Judge Gibson's name in that <laughs> honor roll section, just like he did Rico before him, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's for forgetting Giant's hair. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> But uh, I guess going back one. Speaking of uh, Artie Sto- of, of of Arnold Stodgeman, it's uh, Thrill Twelve: The Eat of the Night. Oh, <laughs> oh I should say be- be- before this, there's also the uh, an ad for the for the 2000 AD 1985 annual, which we'll be covering in a couple weeks, and then there's the answers for all of the uh, questions if you are a dirty cheater. <laughs> <laughs> so. The Eat of the Night, a script robot John Wagner, Alan Grant as T.B. Grover, art robot, colors of scare, letting robot Tom Frame. Oh, man. It's the inner eat. It's a beautiful it's, time. It's a great, yeah. Disgusting, yes. Obscene, yes. Illegal, no. The most bizarre eating contest ever staged. <laughs> the Eat of the Night. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the, uh, it's the inner city eating championship fi- uh, final, the William Bunter bloaters. Uh, versus the TC Titans, Mega City One versus Texas City. <laughs> We've seen William uh, uh, William Bunter. That's one of the uh, quarantine blocks that all the fatties got sent to. I think William Bunter is like a like a character from like fiction. Like a there, there are a series of stories written about him, like in the early twentieth century right. or something. Yeah, Billy Bunter. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's the final showdown because of food shortages. They can't eat food. That's why the two teams of fatties are eating 24 ton mobile homes, which seems like the most bizarre thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> it's, it's really amazing. They're like using hammers and like, you know, it's like these 80 per or these uh, 40 person teams, I feel like. And they just got these like hammers and saws and they're just cutting pieces off of these vehicles and jamming them down the throats of these like giant fat guys <laughs> um i don't know what fever dream john wagner had to conceive the story i mean it's yeah, yeah it's very much a, a a john wagner special of um like sports commentary you know he mm. like hi, hi, him and grant love doing sports commentary for things we've had it in i think both the last two sci-fi specials it happened like in the judge child saga and stuff it comes up a lot like it's clearly something that they, they think is really funny is sort of a, a calm sports commentary going over like like reality bending futuristic sports you know yeah. <laughs> like anyhow uh dreads on the field and it turns out that a uh, side division has um, predicted that the manager of the Mega City One team is targeted for assassination by the Fat Abolition Front. Sign <laughs> um, vision again. Indeed. Judges search the stadium as the match reaches a fever pitch. They're eating sinks and the undercarriage of the of the of the of the mobile homes. When suddenly the assassin appears from inside the mopeds fuel tank. <laughs> Uh, Dread goes to take him away, but the ref calls foul because you got to eat everything in the moped, including the uh, any sneaky assassins. <laughs> and there's this really awesome part where he's like, "You got to eat him," and the like the the Mexican one team's like, "Fine, whatever, we'll eat that guy." And Dread's like, "Hey, hey, hey, hold on, nobody's eating anybody." <laughs> 
<laughs> it's um, it's 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 so funny. Dread ends up uh, settling it, um, with. Although that there and like as he's saying like listen like you can't eat these people's eat, eat people you're being ridiculous. There's a weird thing oh, with the art. There's a weird thing with the art. If you look at Dred's hand here, that really makes it look like he's flipping this guy off. Um, oh my god! Someone's like, got too many fingers. <laughs> yeah, like I feel like he's like yeah he's got too many fingers down or something. So this looks like he's got like a couple of fingers <laughs> in and then like the middle one coming out or something. It's real, real obscene. Really getting <laughs> these um these. For, production lines in, in trouble you know <laughs> it's bad enough the riffs um hat looks like he's wearing a good yeah <laughs> I, 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 I think i got it wrong and it's not wait no i don't know I, I i can't tell if it's the ref or if it's the texas city team but one way or another is hat is ridiculous oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tifa, Texas. Yeah, yes that's it. ah yes so the final stages go but the drive shaft tr- uh chokes the eater on the texas city team <laughs> And all that's left, all that's left is for the Mega City One team to sweep up and then br- broom everything into the waiting mouth of one of their fans. <laughs> it's so gross. <laughs> like, it's hilarious. Cause it's not even like food. It's just like dust and like nuts and bolts and stuff. I'm out of drool as well. Yep. Yeah. So. The coach of the Mega City, so Me- Mega City One wins! Hooray! Bloaters! Bloaters! Um, it, yeah, we're sort of in the denouement later. Um, the coach of the Mega City One team is amazed that some, someone would want to assassinate him, and Dredd speaks for most of us by saying, uh, uh, crazy, listen, Isaac, I've seen 80 fat men eat two 24 ton mopeds. Don't talk to me about crazy. And then just kind of walks <laughs> off. Bravo. <laughs> it's so great. Oh, man. But that with... That awesome. Yeah, that's a real... That's an amazing story of just... Uh, these fatties just being uh, otherworldly and crazy science fiction action. But with that, oh my God, Peter from the Beyond the Sofa and Where He Goes Dare podcasts, we have completed <laughs> the... Judge Red Annual. Woo! Yeah! (laughs) All right. And with that, there's only one question that remains, which is what were your top and bottom thrills for this thing? Oh, bottom thrill. Um, Oh, it's got to be. It's got to be. It's got to be the the Fog Devils. Um, Fair. (laughs) Came into it late and didn't miss it. (laughs) Uh, Top thrill. Look, it's Eat of the Night. It's it's, it's six all the boxes. I'm looking at it now, and it's beautiful. Absolutely, it's a lot of fun for sure. Um, I think, for, yeah, for me, um, I think Eve of the Night's my favorite one too, just because it's just so bizarre. Of um, like, <laughs> just you know, I I I love when the fatties are doing stuff, and in this case, just what they're doing is is so over the top. Um, I also really like the Judge Anderson story. I think that was a really fun one as well. Um, mm. and I think, yeah, I'll, I'll happily join you with Fog Devils 2 as being my bottom thrill. I hate these tech stories. I always have. Um, <laughs> I guess if I had to pick a story one, it might end up being, um, which, um, 
it 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 might end up being like uh, the Judge Dredd story with the Trogies, just because that's yeah. just sort of a a regular old Judge Dredd story that that didn't super grab me, I guess. Um, yeah. But you know, it's a it's a classic one, also, so it sort of you know has the benefit of the doubt a little bit, I guess. <laughs> you still get some pretty interesting artwork, even if the the story's a little bit pedestrian. And yeah. Dredd's not quite the Dredd we know from Eat of the Night. Yeah, I, I mean it. Like I said, yeah, it's such an amazing thing. Just you know, with these annuals and being able to really just see the ev- like the two different states of dread without the evolution in between them. You know, I'm just like, all right, like here's like 1977 dread, here's 1984 dread, and oh, it's such a difference, and it's so like it's such an interesting thing of what, of, of of what he's evolved to for sure. Mm. Yes. Sweet. Awesome. And with that, I hope everybody enjoyed the show. As always, you can find Space Spinner 2000 on iTunes, Stitcher, the Google Play Store, or our podcast site, spacespinner2000.com. Feel free to contact us at spacespinner2000 at gmail.com on the 2080 forums or on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages. On Twitter, at Spa- we're at Space Spinner 2K, everything else that was Space Spinner 2000, and we should be there. And where can we find Beyond the Sofa and Where Eagles Dare? Oh, crikey. Right. Well, so we're all under the banner of Sofa Giddon. So um, I'm responsible for the Twitter. So you can contact us at Sofa Giddon, S-O-F-A-G-E-D-D-O-N. You can email us at Sofa Giddon at Gmail. Uh, we have a WordPress, uh, Sofa Giddon at WordPress.com. And also on Facebook uh, for Where Eagles Dare and Beyond the Sofa. Awesome. I highly recommend it. All, the, all your shows are so great. Um, awesome. Thank you. Yeah, of course. And uh, come and come back next time for this show where it's July in 1984 and things are heating up. The Strawn Team dogs are on the run. Rogue is dealing with a message from Millicom. Dread and Mean Machine are going on a mission and a young lady named Halo Jones heads out on her journey. Super amazing. Yes. Until then, I'm Conrad, he's Peter and we are Space Spinner 2000. Splendid for Frig. Frig.